Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 160. This episode is with one of our Football Fitness online community members, Marcus Ward. Marcus is a physical performance coach at Nottingham Forest Women. He came on to talk about utilising the Football Fitness Federation network and also just networking in general, his approach to it, um, how he goes about growing his network. He spoke about a particular career milestone that he's achieved so far in his short career. He spoke about his uh, progress as a practitioner, some of the things that he's progressed the most um, in over the last few years. He talked about the programme as well at Forest and how the programme's been transformed. We talked about working in part-time football and um, also his relationship and the importance of the relationship that he's built with the head coach as well. So loads of stuff that we've covered before, but it was great to hear from Marcus on this podcast. Um, and I really appreciate, appreciate him giving up the time and coming on. Just before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a very quick reminder on our two upcoming networking events. One is on the 4th of November, 6 till 9pm. We are at Leighton Orient with West Ham United um, Academy physical performance scientist David Johnson and also Jordan Tyra, physical performance coach. They are both presenting for us, so I'm delighted to have them both presenting on that event. We still have tickets remaining for the event. As this podcast goes out, it's just over a week until the event. So if you've not already got your ticket, please grab your ticket, confirm your place. Um, We do let the the catering uh, guys know the numbers that are going to be on the event. So if we can know the numbers as soon as possible, that'll be brilliant. So if you are planning on coming, please grab your ticket so we know exactly who's going to be coming. If you can't make that event down at Leighton Orient on Tuesday, the 16th of November, we are up at St. James's Park um, for our next event with Dawn Scott. Dawn is going to be presenting on the USA's preparation for the 2019 World Cup. And they obviously went on to win that tournament as well. So it's going to be great to hear from Dawn. It's always great to go up to the Northeast as well. Our last meeting at Middlesbrough was super. We had some great discussions, a really good turnout as well. So I hope to see as many coaches there as possible. The early bird tickets for that event are still available. There is just over a week to go on the early bird and then it will go to full price. So again, if you're thinking of coming to that event, grab yourself a ticket. And just remember, anyone that's listening who is a community member, you can get further discount on these events by going to the member benefits tab on the community. And there's a discount code there that gives you discount on the early bird price as well as the full price as well. So go and check it out if you're not already, if you're a member of the community. Let's get into the episode now though. So episode 160 with Nottingham Forest Women physical performance coach, Marcus Ward. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 160. I'm delighted to be joined today by the physical performance coach at Nottingham Forest Women, Marcus Ward. Marcus, how are we doing? Good, thank you, Ben. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Thank you for coming on. I know we've had a, a few chats recently about a few different things, and we probably should have recorded the chat we've had just before the podcast, <laughs> which led to a lot of different topics. But um, hopefully we'll try and cover a little bit of it when we get going in a second. But Marcus, kick us off. Give a little bit of background about yourself, mate. Where have you been? What have you been up to? Sure. So originally from, from down south, near Oxford, Reading, um, but the last six years it's all been in the East Midlands, Um 2015 started sports science degree at uh, Nottingham Trent University. And then it was between the second and third year of that, had a year out working with the Forest men's first team, just a sports science internship. Um, fantastic experience um, of that. And then, yeah, completed third year after that experience. And whilst uh, coming towards the end of that third year, started working with the Forest women's team, uh, which all came about from actually meeting a couple of coaches at a football fitness federation networking events um and then once i've done the undergrad went to loughborough for a master's uh, at loughborough university did exercise physiology there uh, continued working with the women and then actually and then what's it been now but so come up to a year picked up uh, some work with the girls teams as well so i've been doing that too um and obviously it's all been a bit curtailed the last 18 months or so with, with covid and such so we haven't actually completed a, a couple of uh, the last two seasons but yeah, that's that's where it's been at the moment. 
Brilliant, mate. And like you said, you, you've been to a fair few of our events actually now. Um, but without me just pushing the events and, and talking about them myself, yeah. I wanted to chat with you about how you've utilised, because you're a member of our online community, but how you've utilised the Football Fitness Federation network um, and, and the other members as well. So have you got some examples of, of some things that you've maybe utilised in terms of discussions and, and sort of links with other members? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's just having that group of people, certainly like in the WhatsApp group, is really, really useful. Um, obviously, the conversations that go off from that, but also, you know, sort of if you know someone's raised a topic and you want to message them directly, um, that's that's a really useful way just to get some advice off them. Um, the sort of the webinars and stuff on on the network, on the website, again, like, especially when I remember, yeah, as I said, it was about a year ago when I started working with the girls' teams. It was the first time I'd really done their work with youth athletes so being able to watch some of those webinars um, as part of the general prep um, and then one or two members as well being able to contact them and say oh I'm just about to start this so you've got any advice and it was mainly through the networking events that I knew of them so it was a bit of like an introduction a way into start speaking to them um, but yeah it's just so I think it's just a valuable resource that opportunity to be able to just reach out to people like that and I said the conversations that can come off uh, in the WhatsApp group, just learning things from different people because everyone's got different experiences, haven't they? Um, they all got different perspectives on things which wouldn't otherwise necessarily think about. Um, but yeah, there's loads you can learn from the group, the uh, the webinars, and obviously, well, now you mentioned the meetings. Um, yeah, they're just yeah, fantastic resources all around as well. Brilliant. And then, what about networking in general? Because I know when when we've had a chat before, you've you've put yourself out there. You've reached out to coaches. You've you've created um, a network of coaches and also never been sort of afraid to to reach out to people and get people's viewpoints on things so um, I know you've got some some cool little stories about some people that you've reached out to and stuff so it'd be good to sort of tap into your way of thinking about networking and how that has helped what you do as well yeah back in February early this year I was like in the middle of the third lockdown when so you go on LinkedIn, you know, you can have hundreds of connections and such, but never really often talk to them. It sort of irritates me in a way. Like, so I actually put a post out on LinkedIn saying, you know, does anyone actually want to go beyond being just a connection and actually, you know, talk shop or whatever? And got quite a few responses back from people um, and ended up having 10, 15, maybe more sort of conversations off the back of that post. People just messaging saying, yeah, I'll be up for that. And yeah, just chatting to people from you know, university students to far more experienced people like you know, Clive Brewer got in touch and said he wanted to chat and ended up speaking to him for an hour and 20 minutes or so which was just incredible um, and yeah it was, it was not not really the intention of trying to speak to people like Clive or whatever it was just you know, see what comes from it because you never know what you're gonna, who you're going to speak to what you find out um, you, know, you make notes and they might say one or two things and think actually yeah that's quite a useful thing to apply in, in my setting and obviously hopefully give something back to them as well um, yeah, it's, it's the old thing of you send a message out to someone, the worst that happens is they say no or they just don't reply. Um, no other cost otherwise. Um, so it's just having, yeah, putting yourself out there, isn't it? Just saying, look, I've seen your work or something. Um, certainly off the back of podcasts, that's often quite a good way of saying, oh, I just heard you on this. Uh, you talked about this. Um, I was just wondering you know, what, what you get into more detail in it or, or anything like that. So podcasts are often a good way to sort of start a conversation as well, I find. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, I guess, putting yourself out there and that willing, willingness to learn. Um, that's a fantastic way to sort of ask people directly, so what do you think? And sometimes, yeah, you might get something back where it's like, okay, maybe that's obviously interesting to know, but maybe you can't apply it. But sometimes you get those gems where you think, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try it. And when you do it in practice, you think, oh, that's brilliant. You will continue to use that. The more conversations like that, the better, aren't they? Because it just gets you thinking. And when you're speaking to people like Clive and others as well, one, they're very receptive to a majority of the time if they've got time and all the rest of it. Like, um, I think people sometimes think they shut themselves away and don't want to communicate apart from like through webinars and stuff like that. But people have conversations and it is a case of doing what you've done and, and reaching out to people. And um, I think the fact that you can relate to something that they've done previously shows that you've done your bit of research and you've, you're not just blindly sort of reaching out and dropping the same message to everyone. So I think that's a point as well, isn't it? That trying to 
think about the person that you're talking to um, and then getting into conversations with them. The more conversation you can have like that, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. It's making sure if you send them a message, making sure it's personal. Um, I guess you know, many people get messages on LinkedIn saying hi, and they just go straight into the message. Where we're sort of just saying hi, so you know, hope you're well. And I said, make it, make sure it's personal because I think you're far more likely to get out of that. And it's still, it's still a sort of person to person interaction, regardless if they're you know, a very high level coach, it's still a person that you want to try and communicate with. And you know, if you don't come across very well, then yeah, why should they speak to you? Yeah. And I think a really interesting part of your career so far, Marcus, and, as, and I think this is really beneficial to a lot of listeners as well, is we're going to talk about um, you setting up as a sole trader. So do you want to just go into the reasons behind that, sort of why you did it, and then also the benefits of doing that as well, just so people are aware, because uh, some people might not even know what that even means. Yeah, so it was, yeah, just the summer just gone. Um, so yeah, being with Forest Women now for uh, just, yeah, two and a half years um, and sort of over time you know, it's all been, been voluntary and everything um, but was fortunate that sort of the head coach of the team was able to go to um, the big boss and say look you know, could I was there, is there any sort of money available to get me paid um, and they said right instead of becoming an employee of the club um, I, it would make more sense for me to become sole trader and invoice the club instead for so you know, hours worked at home, obviously, and then training sessions, games, um, miles driven and such. So it was sort of not planned in the sense of, right, I want to become a sole trader. It was more, right, this is what the club is suggesting. And, you know, I don't want to leave the club. And if it's, so it's the opportunity to do what I enjoy and be paid for it, then, yeah, definitely not going to say no. Um, and it was also quite beneficial timing in the sense that some of the, the girls that I work with, the girls' teams, they were wanting to do some one-to-one stuff over the summer. So it actually fit in quite nicely in terms of, well, okay, I'm now coming back to kind of sort of curious. in terms of things being a bit more organized in terms of invoicing and sort of set prices and everything. Um, it was quite useful timing in that sense as well. Um, but it, the benefits, it's quite nice. We, we train in the evenings. So the days are usually free, um, obviously to do, you know, work at home and prepare for the sessions, do any other little bits and pieces. But there is an awful lot of, of flexibility in that. So during the day, said so you can, I guess it depends on how organised we want to be. Like, like say, right, I'm going to work between these times and then spend an hour or two just doing this um, rather than being you know, in an office from one hour to know, nine to five or something and then right, okay, stop the training. Um, being able to get flexibility, say, right, I'm going to work from here and here and then right, I might go out for a run, might go for a walk get back, a little bit more work, have some lunch or something. Um, so the flexibility is, is quite nice. Um, if I think it's like unusual, like things that don't happen often, like infrequent events or on, you can go, right, I can set aside time to go and do that. Obviously, maybe do a bit more work the day previous or something. Um, but the flexibility is, is quite nice. Um, and yeah, I think the benefits, it's, I guess it's hard to compare to what it'd be like to be an actual employee of a club, but certainly... It's quite. A, I'm enjoying it being being it that way. Um, I said certainly the flexibility to obviously there are roles to do to prepare for training sessions, prepare for matches. But as and when I do them, I said it's I said it's more down to when I want to, uh, so to speak. Obviously, make sure they're done in time. But as to when they happen, um, I said the flexibility in there is quite nice. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to discuss because I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't aware that that is an option that you can do. Um, I think the other thing that you mentioned right at the start was approaching the club to see if they've got finance available to set up either a role or um, income for coaches. And I think that's another important point. I think uh, far too often coaches are sat back waiting for a job advert without actually knowing that clubs, if you approach clubs and, and get to, like you did, get to work at the club and prove your worth through the work you do, They'll actually, whether it's freeing cash up or whether it's just utilizing cash that's available, they'll do it once they know that what you're going to bring to the program. So I think that's another important point, isn't it? To actually get in there, get working, and then actually approach clubs and, and put it on them and say, like, is is there money available for me to make this into um, a role for myself, whether it is a sole trader or whether it is being employed by the club? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah, just start the third full season here so, so it's been two and a half years of as you said trying to you know, 
prove prove my worth. Um, and I, it was actually a case of going to the head coach. Look, so post university, we want to go. As once you've left university, or once you're trying to find jobs, obviously you want a full time job. And I was saying to the head coach, look, this is what I want. I'm, I am applying elsewhere. I don't want to leave leave the club because I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I think it was a case of him then saying, okay, well, you know, and he didn't want me to leave either. So he went to the sort of the chiefs and said, look, is there money available? Um, so it's, I think it's definitely a case of, of proving your worth. And I like to think I've, I've done that. Um, so, because then it's, it's reward. It's not a case of just suddenly going in and like, um, certainly I think the level we're at and it's not a professional club. Um, you can't just roll in and say, oh, I get a good wage. Um, it's learning that right, um, proving your worth, and if you do all those things, you sort of, you end up getting rewarded. It's just the patience, maybe, to uh, to get to that stage. Yeah, definitely. And I want to touch on as well. I know you hit a, a certain career milestone. I think it's a really important one, and a one that we talk about lot sort of side hustles. We talk about things like that. So do you want to just give a little bit of detail around um, the, the milestone? Yes. Yeah, so the milestone makes it sound really quite grand. Um, I, it was, no, it was I think just, it is. I think, I don't think it's something to downplay at all. It's, it's just the case of, as I said, as I said now, once you, you know, leave university or wherever, like you want to try and get into a, a full-time job in sport, uh, wherever. Um, and until you get to that point, obviously there are new yeah, side hustle jobs you have to do. So for me, it was um, just working at a, a pub part time uh, to help pay the bills. That I sort of I don't want to work in the hospitality area, but I know it's, it's a good way to help earn money. And actually, you've learned really good life skills in there as well. Obviously, working in a pub, you're dealing with a lot of people, both members of the public, but working in a team as well. And I was fortunate that the pub I worked at, the people there were really good. The the landlady was very understanding that I wasn't going to be there forever. I just wanted to help pay my bills. So she was very supportive of that. And when I told her, I was then able to, I was earning enough now from the sports science SNC side of things that I could give up this part-time job. She was very, very supportive. So very fortunate with that. Um, but yeah, it did feel like a, a, a good moment when saying, right, I can now just do jobs that I want to do. Um, it was yeah, it felt really good at that time to think, right, this is sort of what I've been working towards now. All the, all the income I receive, it's, it's from doing things I want to do. I'm not having to do anything because oh, it's going to help my bills. I'm doing it because I want to do it. Um, so it did feel yeah, really special when, when that all happened. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really important to highlight because we we know that there's certain times in your career that you do have to, and we spoke about this loads of times on the podcast that people have taken extra jobs and whatever, just to get through that period, whether it's going through a master's, whether it's initially stepping into roles that are maybe part-time or, or voluntary. Um, I know we've had a big discussion on the community this week about voluntary work, whether it needs to be paid, like when you should get paid and all the rest of it, um, which has been some great input on. But um, I do think it's a, it's a really important thing to highlight is the fact that you've been able to drop that and focus on, on what you want to do. But I also wanted to sort of focus on your progression as a practitioner, because we'll go into the programming a little bit at Forest and some of the things you've implemented. But what about you as a practitioner? Where's the biggest sort of progress that you've made you feel over the past whether we want to go COVID times or beforehand, like there's a lot been going on, but what are some sort of highlights and things that spring out to you? I guess I've I thought that my progression as a practitioner is actually quite well in parallel with the progression as, as the club as well. Um, so when I first joined, I, remember, I can still remember the first training session I was there with the women in March 2019. Um, yeah, turned up, met a few of the people, and you know, there's there's a handful of codes to use for one. Um, so sort of yeah, quickly made something up and, and went about it, um, which was fine. Sort of part of this, the first session often turn up with loads of questions, end up with, I think leaving with more questions about how things were. Um, and then so there was only a couple of months left of that season. Um, so yeah, sort of saw that out. Didn't really do anything too extra special other than really just just leading warm ups, um, sort of getting a feet under the ground, a feet under the table, sorry, and just. Yeah, seeing how things were. Um, then there's a, the club as a whole changed quite a bit over summer, brought in a full-time head coach. Um, a few new things were introduced, like GPS, obviously, which is 
quite big for my role. So sort of taking on that was an extra responsibility. Um, and just the extra level of detail that GPS could add to help then inform other things I could do. So if it was more sort of monitoring, extra running sessions or anything like that, um, there was that was that there was there was that to help inform it. Um, as I said, the guess the club as a whole, once those sort of new things came in, um, it, everything's just been pushing on since. And then personally, I feel just, I think just confidence. And I guess that just comes with experience. Um, you know, more doing things, um, just keep learning from, from experience, from, from everything, really. Um, so the two have gone up um, together quite well. So it's been quite, I'll say, very fortunate. I think it's a, the, sort of the timing of everything um, from where I've been and where the club's been and how I've been able to, to follow in the footsteps. Um, I mean, I was, I was, it, was a, it was a clean slate to start with. So when I came in, there was there was no previous SC or sports scientist before. Um, it had been previously, but not at the time when I came in. So it was kind of a yeah, clean slate, sort of do what you want in a sense. Um, but over time, little things have been been added. Um, and as my I guess, experience and confidence is great, I'd be able to offer more things. Like I think it was a few months into that first full season, I thought, okay, right, I can probably actually start to give exercise programs for the players at home. Uh, whereas certainly to start off, we wouldn't have felt confident doing so and saying, right, there you go, do it, go and do this in, in your own time. Um, and just, yeah, lots of little bits like that, which is partly, I think, inspired by, I guess, the environment. So sometimes players might ask some things of you and you think, okay, we'll do that. And then if you're doing it just for the players, then it becomes for the whole team. Um, little bits on know, nutrition as well. So sort of delve into other areas um, because after building up that confidence and experience, you think, okay, right, I can, I can lead on this. I can give the players something that's worthwhile. And I know, or well, I know it's a research back to whatever, so I'm confident that this is, will do them some good. Um, and, uh, and this, well, this season was a massive one in terms of we now have team gym sessions once a week. So again, for the team, that's massive just um, for a lot of players. It's the first time they've really had proper gym experience. Uh, and then individually, I mean, when I had the year out with the men, I was in the gym sort of, led a couple or a few uh, small group sessions um, but when it was the big team ones was there just assisting the, the snc coach um, so now to be able to sort of lead them myself that's another big um, step up in experience and new opportunities which has been really good um, for me personally and i said mainly for, for the team as well to benefit from uh, these opportunities and i think it's also helped actually the stuff they do away from from the training so they have that one session a week hopefully it inspires them right okay you know, one session a week is great, but if I can do two, maybe even three other ones, then that pushes them even further. So, yeah, the progression of the club as a whole has been, been fantastic. I mean, like just a couple of weekends ago, we were we got to play at the city ground, the men's ground, and we had nearly 4,500 people come and watch us play Derby County. Mm. So I guess it's women's football as a whole. It is obviously um, building and expanding massively. And both the club, we're sort of riding on that. And I think so I'm sort of going up alongside that. So... So the timing is is really um, really fortunate. Um, it's, uh, yeah, certainly I think ultimately it all comes from experience. Um, doing lots of different pieces, not trying to sit still, trying to try new things, like new things in the warm up. Sometimes they work, sometimes it's an absolute car crash. Um, so you think, okay, we're gonna do that again. But yeah, experience just I think informs everything that you do going forward. I think the two words you've used there that jump out to me are experience, like building experience and confidence as well. And I, I fully agree that they probably come together at similar times in terms of as your experience goes up, your confidence goes up, you, you tackle challenges, don't you? And when you get out mm. the other side of them, your confidence is increased. Um, but that's a difference with the applied side as well, isn't it? We go through, and again, we spoke about this before we start recording, you go through your degrees, your masters, your qualifications and all the rest of it. But there's such a difference when you're actually stepping out either onto the grass or into the gym, or you've suddenly got a squad in front of you and you've got, you're in charge and you've got to take the session, you've got to inspire. And, and that's those two words for me, what stood out when you were talking then, because that they're the things that we've got, uh, we have to get some experience. And if, if people out there are going through qualifications and you're not picking up experience, it's definitely something to be doing because you're going to get that little step up in confidence and everything that comes with that experience, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. At university, you, you don't, you know, unless some courses might offer it, but yeah, you, it's hard to get that 
practice of yeah, dealing with a group, which is obviously massive in, in what this role entails. Um, and experience, I think, is really the only way you can deal with that. Like this season, we've had a couple of students come in as interns to help with reserves teams and development teams and trying obviously to help them. It's quite hard to sometimes explain things. It's just a case of, look, you just got to go and experience it. It's not necessarily I can't sort of teach you it. It really is just you got to go and do it. Just almost get thrown at the deep end, which maybe takes a certain. I think maybe you've got to have the confidence first of all to go and say, right, just go in and expect that the first you know, what you do, or whatever, is probably going to be the worst one you do, and it's only going to get better from there. Mm. Um, basically, yeah, have that confidence to just uh, get things rolling in the first place, and it gets easier from there. I've been talking about it for a little while on this podcast in particular, but the full upgrade of our online community is now complete. I'm absolutely delighted with how it looks. Um, It's a big step up in what we had before. The content on the community has always been amazing. The setup has been a little bit hard to navigate, but now you've got to go and check it out. If you're a member, make sure you log in and play around with it. We've got leaderboards up there on the interaction between members and people posting on, uh, on certain posts. So get involved with that. Have a route through the webinars, the presentations, all the benefits that are available for you on the community as well. We've got the forum, links to the podcast, loads going on on the community. If you're not already a member, the good news is you can get a free month by going to footballfitfed.com, clicking on the community tab, signing up there, and it'll give you a month free so you can see exactly what it's all about. You get access to all the content for one month. After the free month, it's only £4.99 per month going forward and you get continued access from all the current information that's on there, but you also get access to all the future information that's going to be uploaded, including the presentations from our Leighton Orient event, our Newcastle United event, and I was going to give away some events we're coming in December then, but I'm going to save those back. But all the events from the rest of this year, the presentations will be uploaded onto the community so you get full access to those. So if you're not already a member, go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign up there, grab yourself your free month and see exactly what the football fitness community is all about, which Marcus references a few times in this podcast. Well, let's get back to the podcast with Marcus now for part two. I think on that as well, though, what we've got to realise in that situation when it feels uncomfortable and it's not enjoyable, is it, when you take them first few and you overthink about everything that you're doing, you forget how to do any sort of any sort <laughs> of movement, any sort of stretch. But on that, I think what you've got to realise is that everyone's been through that, haven't they? The guys that are at the top level, that are working with the top players, that everyone's been through something similar, a similar sort of situation. And it's how you deal with it. You spoke about some challenges. You spoke about things going wrong. Like everyone's had that at some point. And I think the faster we accept that and move on from it and learn from it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like anything, isn't it? Sort of the first, yeah, first few times might be really awkward, but as long as you can get through that, yeah, it gets a lot easier from there. And you learn the quickest way to learn is experience. So yeah, you just got to get through those first few early stages. Yeah, 100%. And how is it working with the players? Because they're on a part-time programme at, at Forest, aren't they? So how is it um, working with players on a part-time basis? How have you found that? Yeah, it's, it's ultimately it's a case of you... The message always gives the players is you've just got to do what you can in terms of what they can uh, they can do themselves. So our, our setup so is, yeah, train Tuesday nights and Thursday nights on the pitch, Wednesday nights... Um, we're in the gym as a team and then games are usually Sunday afternoons. Um, that's, that's the only sort of contact hours with the players. On top of that, you've got some university students who also play for the university. Um, and for them, they obviously, their games are usually Wednesdays. Um, and they might have some other training sessions during the week. So it's just being aware of them. So they might turn up to a session, one of our training sessions, having already trained, um, which is yeah, sort of, that sort of makes useful to know. Um, and then some of them also have their own SNC coaches with the university. So again, it's sort of liaising with them or just speaking to the players saying, right, what have you done with, with them? Um, what could I then give you as a sort of supplement to that? Um, and then to some universities, some of them just, they've got it's jobs, um, jobs, maybe family. Um, so it's just a case of saying, right, what, what can we do? Um, we've got those contact hours, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings, um, 
in terms of say another workout have they got their own gym or they got equipment at home um it's contacting saying look what can work so mondays and fridays are the two days i'll usually give them you know uh, an extra session or a couple of extra sessions to do at home so say we're just playing on sunday the monday might just be a bit of uppers and core or something for those who played um friday a bit more of a maybe a total body session but obviously with sunday in mind um it's i think just communication is just the biggest thing so obviously we only see each other on on the evening so you know whatsapp is absolutely huge um for what we do so when it went down last week that was an absolute nightmare um so yeah using using whatsapp just to drop a text saying like okay um how are you feeling or what we what we do um we do use an app um called ripped i think it sounds a reach reach your uh, reach your potential trainer um so on that there's some lifestyle questions on there some wellness questions like your sleep soreness and mood and everything which we ask the players to fill out every day which is a good i mean a good use of without having to text a player directly how they are um they fill these questions and if someone say is uh, their mood's down or their sleep's down or they've had a little note with a little injury note or something then we can follow up on that. Um, it's the same app which we can then also upload the workouts. So again, that makes life easier in terms of instead of you know, texting a PDF or something, it's just right. Look on the app, go to today, right? Workouts there, the exercises and the, and the sets and the reps and everything. Um, which th- I think things like that, when you don't see, when you only see them like, in the evenings, um, I think those sorts of um, resources are, are valuable when it comes to trying to communicate with, with the players. Um, yeah, it's sort of I have to appreciate obviously that like they do have you know uni and work and such. So when texting them something, not necessarily expecting an instant reply because you know, what's ever on. Um, but I said the main thing was just my intelligence, you know, just to communicate. Um, if I've given them a workout to do in the evening and they've had a long day, maybe feeling a bit tired, they think, okay, probably can't do all of that. Um, okay, so right afternoon, just let them know, okay, we'll just do maybe do the, the core bit or something. Um, so it, it has its its challenges, but it sort of forces you to communicate well, I think. Um, and ultimately, as I said, it's trying to make sure, get a message across to them. It's, they can only do what they can. Um, but I guess as long as at the end of the season, they can look back and say, yeah, how we do. You know, they did everything they could. Um, they took responsibility and did what they could in terms of being doing the sessions or whatever, being prepared for games, recovering well. As long as they've done what they can, I think that's, that's all we can ask for, really. Yeah, I know. I mean, any programme comes down to empowering players somewhat, doesn't it? Because they've got to take responsibility for some of the preparation that goes into into performance. Um, But from your point of view as well, I suppose it's about managing time, isn't it? And making the most of any time that's available. I know you touched on before that you literally just started with warm-ups and then I'm guessing creaked in a little bit more time here and there. But then it comes down to them prioritising, doesn't it? Right, I've got X amount of probably minutes, more like hours available. Um, and how am I going to use them? Like, what are the go-tos? What are the sort of things you feel like are going to give you biggest bang for your buck? Um, so what was your thought process around that? Like initially, maybe when you had the warm-up time, what was your idea around that? Was it literally just taken for a warm-up? Or did you think about, like, I can I can maybe sneak a bit of this, that, and the other in? or like, And then also the, the sort of approach to now to really maximising time? I think certainly to start with, it, it was a case of just getting ready for the session. Um, I, I was, the ramp protocol was the sort of main one I follow, so just following that, ultimately, yeah, just getting them ready, not thinking about anything too much long term. Um, that was yeah, certainly to start with. When then actually began, um, was it the nineteen twenty season? Um, come across a, a paper or got shown a paper that was a sort of jumping exercise, a jumping exercise program around helping try to prevent ACL injuries. And all the exercises in there were things like just walking lunges or jumps, hops, um, which thought, okay, well, that's the sort of things you can do to warp anyway. Yeah. So incorporated that in. Um, and I guess since then, depending on the session, obviously, depending on time, if something's overrun um, and actually it's only 10 minutes, then it's case where right, let's, let's get them ready. Uh, whereas other times, like, okay, right, we've got a bit of time here. What can we work on long term? So you know, things like speed, so that's something we've sort of been doing at the moment. Um, trying to do a bit of you know, acceleration technique. It might only be a, a few minutes, um, but it's it's, it's better than this. nothing. Always try and get you know, a couple of sprints in every week just to, to get that. Uh, 
exposure anyway, but in terms of working on speed, um, what was quite fortunate actually, the way we do training is the coaches like to start with uh, 10, 15 minutes of just doing boxes, just rondos, which sort of takes up part of the warm up anyway. Um, so it gets them going at least. So it takes away part of what I need to do, which then leaves more time to do things like speed stuff, which is quite convenient. Um, so certainly trying to make, be aware of like, okay, there's certain opportunities here to make things more long-term. Fortunately, again, the coach get a fair bit of time. I think it's about 15 minutes or so if everything's going to time. So yeah, it can enable a bit of good work on yeah, sprinting technique or further down the line, we'll look at you know, change direction and, and things like that. Um, so that's yeah, definitely on the pitch. It's a good, good example of that. And in, like, in terms of like the conditioning as well, like we're quite fortunate. So, um, the, head, the head coach sort of, Taken on this idea that suggested to him about um, Raymond the high hidden sort of football periodization stuff. So when it comes to conditioning side of things, sort of using that in terms of you know, set times for the games and everything, not having to worry too much about allowing for sort of isolated running as part of the main session. So in terms of maximizing time, that's been huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of you know at least once a week, um, assuming there's no midweek games, being able to go right. Usually it's our Thursday session. Okay, this week we're doing. Okay, 11 v 11s or something um, for three sets of or three rounds of 12 minute games or something like that. Um, one and then the other week it might be yeah, the smaller side of games or something. I think sort of certainly uh, observing them, I think that's been a really good sort of stimulus for the players in terms of the conditioning side. Um, really minimizing the amount of isolated running we've had to do to any sort of the post match stuff. And obviously, any work the players want to do outside of that if they're missing a session or something and obviously we'll give them some, some running to do um, but that's also helped I think maximise time is obviously you know, they're playing the game the coach will make one or two technical or tactical points within it saying uh, make sure you're following the shape or something or bear in mind these things um, maybe recoveries or something otherwise they just go and play the game and obviously it's um, that intensity such that becomes a good conditioning stimulus as well so that's been quite a good thing to come across and to use for our, for us, certainly because of you know, having two 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 hour uh, sessions a week um, to maximise the time from all the things technical, practical, obviously, and, and the physical. Um, that's that. I think that's worked really well for us. Unfortunately, that cohesive ah. approach comes down to the strength in your relationship as well, doesn't it? And I know it's something you wanted to touch on in terms of the relationship you've got with the head coach. And I think it's a really important point. But where has that come from? Has that been something that's sort of naturally been developed? Do you think it's been because of like a mutual trust and respect from one one to another? Um, like where do you feel that that's been, been built from? I think, it, I think it certainly has developed naturally, it feels. Um, and maybe having yeah, one or two sort of mutual interests that have helped me build things on from there. Um, but yeah, it's it's getting along really well. Like there's there's a I mean one there's been a couple of you know, shared car journeys or something. There was a some kind of event at St George's Park that we went to. I think it's like the England's the England youth teams sort of sharing what they do. So we went along to that. Um, so like those sorts of car journeys that would be on, and you just sort of start chatting and so you get to know each other on a bit more at the personal level as well. So you you talk about the job, you talk about football, but so yeah, the sort of relationship develops in terms of get to know each other personally as well. And then from there, obviously, when it comes to things like suggesting sort of rain of the high hinge sort of work, um, it's more, you're far more likely to get a buy-in because mm-hmm. I guess the trust is there, as you said. Um, I think we, we share a lot of the same views and the mindset on things, but what I've certainly felt like this season as well, sort of, it's just taken a couple of years to this, but I now feel more confident to sort of challenge him on certain things. Um, so if I suggest something or as an idea for a training session or, or something, then I'll feel more confident to sort of say, I catch, well, this is probably um, the better idea or you know, say someone's you know, load is quite high or something along those lines. Like just be more confident to go and say, okay, right, so I'm in the case with so-and-so. I suggest we you know, manage them in, in this way or something like that. So as, said, as you said, um, that relationship is, is vital, certainly the head coach, because sort of getting them on side is, is, is really useful. Um, and it's fortunate, yeah, work, able to work with someone who has a similar, so has has similar views, similar mindsets, but not a case of, I sort of say, not trying to just be a yes man. So whatever he says, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Being able to have that 
be able to challenge each other at the same time, having to the trust that it's you know, challenging each other for the sake of trying to improve things. Um, if I suggest something and you know, he doesn't agree with it or doesn't do it, then it's not a case of that. He doesn't believe in me or anything like that. It's a case of, yeah, that's, he just doesn't agree. And that's, and that's fine. But uh, yeah, I think the strength of that relationship in, well, in any club, in any role, in any environment is, is massive, isn't it? hundred percent. I think it's the little things that go into that though, isn't it? Like, like you say, a car journey, a discussion on mutual interests or whatever. And I always think about speaking to Mike Blow when he said, would I go for a beer with someone? Like, it, and we probably uh, disregard things like that, but that then leads to something further down the line of you being able to challenge, being able to maybe implement something like a protocol like you've talked about, um, which maybe if you haven't done all those things previously, the, the coach is, isn't going to treat it the same, is it? So it's building that trust and that that strength in that relationship that allows you to uh, benefit, well, everyone benefit from it further down the line, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely not a case of thinking at the time, right, oh, if I you know, get him a cup of coffee or something, then in six months' time, I'll be able to suggest something and he'll go, oh, yeah, good idea. Um, it's just, as you, as you said, just letting things happen naturally. And like anything, it's just the process. It just happens over time. You know, I said earlier about developing experience, developing confidence, it's developing the relationship um, and developing that trust, which it might take, you know, six months, a year or so to build. But once it's there, um, as you said, everyone benefits from it um, to each other, but ultimately the other players in the team. Yeah, definitely. And before we move on to some of the quick fires, I wanted to just put this to you about some career aspirations because we're catching you relatively early on in your career. Um, but I thought it's interesting just to get your mindset on it because I, I know, you, like we've talked about, you've been very proactive in your networking, reaching out to people, getting into really good discussions, obviously developing your relationship with you, your coach and your peers, your club. Um, but I just wanted to put on you, like, in terms of what are, have you got any specific aspirations career-wise? Do you, do you even think about that? Do you think about a year down the line, five years down the line, or is it a case of, dealing with what comes up and making the most of every opportunity? I think it's definitely more the latter, just yeah, doing things in the moment. And um, going from there, definitely don't have anything in terms of like a five, ten-year plan or anything like that. Um, the only thing really is just want to work at a high level obviously, in the professional environment. That's sort of the only thing really. Um, have only worked in football. Um, doesn't mean I only want to work in football with be open to trying other sports and you know people talk about going overseas again would be potentially open to that certainly sort of earlier on um but yeah, there's no other sort of i'm like I said very very happy where i am now sort of love the club love the, the group of people around us um it's a really really good place to work so obviously we've got a bit of like the ongoing project now you know trying to get into the championship so it's a good time to be involved and in trying to just contribute to that and, and get the club promoted um so i guess not even really looking beyond this season. Um, down the line, yeah, ultimately it's just a case of working at probably a professional or high level. Um, I certainly don't have really one particular job in mind. Um, just see how things go and just continue being in the moment, really. Brilliant, mate. Well, we'll go on to some of the quick fire questions now, which I'm sure you, you're well aware of after listening to a few episodes of the podcast. But we'll start with... The first one we always ask around your biggest influences. So who are some of the sort of standouts in terms of people that have influenced you the most so far in your career? Two big ones were when I did the year out with the year internship with the men's team. So the S&C coach, Chris Thorpe, uh, sports, science, sports scientist, Nathan Beardsley, um, neither of whom are now have since moved on. Um, but yeah, we couldn't have asked for two better people to, to work under whilst I was there. Um, just really good sources of knowledge of really good people to work with. Um, so it's, that's our first, that was my first year properly working in, in the environment and to learn off them. Both had their own little ways, different things they imparted, like you know, Chris's sort of, um, work ethic. Sort of learned a lot of him just saying, you know, ultimately it's just working hard. That's a lot of it. Um, so getting a lot of him in that sense, Nathan sort of, he was quite good at sort of keeping his emotions in check, regardless of what was going on. Um, so sort of thinking, okay, that's quite an important factor, which 
backfired in a way actually when I did then start with the women I thought that was sort of the way to be sort of be quite straight face what was going on um and probably didn't work out too well because I wasn't being me I was trying to act like I thought was the right way to, to be um yeah. as a sort of scientist or whatever um so yeah sort of um I guess you'll be careful of how much you take off from people um, but yeah certainly those two and then after that I it's it's not to say people to that extent I sort of mentioned people have talked to like you get little bits off them and that's sort of where you all comes together into then what I then do and what I believe in um so this sort of influence in little ways, like I mentioned something to do in training, okay, right, we'll do that, and that becomes part of the program. Um, so that, that, and then actually, as I already mentioned, like, the head coach, Andy Cook, he, um, I guess the way that he works, obviously, as we're working under him, obviously, I need to try and mirror that so we're all aligned. Um, but I think he's yeah, quite a good influence, and, and the physio as well, so work and working under her. Again, working together to try and make things sure things are aligned and to make sure they're really effective. Um, no, she's been a great influence as well for me. Um, certainly when sort of in the early days sort of starting out and um, getting things off the ground with the women. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that point as well that you made about um, not being yourself is a really important one because we can use people as influencers, can't we? But at the same time, we don't want to become mini, mini me's <laughs> because it, eventually we do need to show our own personality don't we so i think that's a, a really really good point um the next one mate what would you say is your biggest strength as a practitioner um it's possibly the rapport maybe i have with the players i get as like a lot of things you've mentioned already it's i guess built up over time um but i think a lot of large part of it comes down from just trying to help them because like like anything if someone's trying to help you you know you gain some same gain some respect for them and you're likely to build that rapport so i guess it's just being part of the job and just trying to you know help them see in, in their game in general but getting to them like on, a, on a personal level as well like as i mentioned they're they're part-time so they've got uni uh, work they've got jobs and you know, some of them got really interesting things going on so actually just chatting to them about that you get to know them from that perspective like someone doing a, a phd so people ask at uni like what they're doing um, on the course, what they're doing for their dissertation, things like that. So it's can be quite easy in a way to strike up a conversation with someone. And I think just the rapport that builds, and I guess it mentioned similar to that relationship, you then build a head coach when it comes to maybe asking something of them because you've got that rapport. It's maybe more likely they'll buy into what you're suggesting. Um, so I think that works well. So yeah, I'd say probably sort of the, the rapport uh, again, but. Like a lot of things that hasn't happened overnight, it just takes time to build that trust. Yeah, brill. And then finally, mate, where do you do your learning? Because I know obviously you've mentioned about uh, the community and watching the webinars, but where where else do you go in terms of um, learning, continually progressing what you do? Definitely, the main source is podcasts. Um, so obviously, your one um the basic course podcast as well um they're definitely the main two they're quite nice yeah it's sort of an afternoon just sit down and, and have those on get pen and paper to hand and listen to those um and then others like, i actually just started the need for speed course with artists oh, so, so yeah look, looking forward to seeing what comes from that um there was something else there was um steve ingham with his supporting champions they did some sort of practitioner courses and i did the snc one with um nick grantham which was yeah. which was excellent um, yeah, he, he was did a fantastic job of doing that. It was really interesting. Um, so I guess, and then yeah, webinars that pop up, but and obviously yeah, any papers as well. But certainly, yeah, I think podcasts are probably the main ones, and then obviously different things can lead off that. Um, yeah, they're the main ones. Brilliant, mate. Well, I think we've got some really interesting stuff. I think it's great to dive into your journey so far. Um, I'm sure people have taken a lot from from your journey and the sort of way you've gone about it. Cause I think you've done some stuff that's inspiring in a, in a short space of time. So keep the good work up, mate. Cause I know you're continually progressing, continually working hard to improve what you do. Um, do you want to just give your uh, social media, if anyone wants to sort of get in touch, any questions, things like that? Yeah, of course. Um, so on Twitter, I think it's at Marcus underscore ward underscore and Instagram. It's the other way around. It's, Ward underscore Marcus underscore. Um, but yeah, happy to yeah, reach out to people like that. And obviously, if anyone is in the East Midlands area now that everything's opening up a bit more, if they're in around and that's going for a coffee or something, 
or even just yeah, text or message or something. Yeah, definitely up for that. Brilliant, mate. Well, I really appreciate your time, Marcus. Thanks for coming on, and I'll uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Ben. Been great. Thank you. Marcus, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I know Marcus is an avid listener of the podcast and I really appreciate his support. So I really appreciate you coming on, mate. And and we discussed some great stuff. I'm, I'm sure people have taken plenty away from the episode. Go and give Marcus a follow. He's over on Twitter at Marcus underscore Ward. Takeaways for me on this one. Marcus spoke about personalizing networking So actually doing a bit of research, finding out about different people and not just sending out generic messages to people, but actually trying to give a little bit of worth to that person as well. Because no matter your um, experience level, you can also you can always offer something and you can always make it go that little put that little bit more effort into it and make it personalized when you're reaching out to people. So that was my first takeaway. The second one in terms of um, being setting up as a sole trader. I think this is an interesting area and I definitely think it's something that's going to be more applicable to people going forward as well. It's probably something that a lot of coaches listening haven't actually thought about, but it's definitely worth looking into. So if you want more information on it, I'm sure Marcus will get into the into a conversation on how he went about it, possibly more of the reasons that he did it. Um, so give him a, a little message on Twitter. Proving your worth. So that's something that we spoke about a number of times on the podcast, but actually going that extra yard again to prove your worth to the team, to coaches, um, creating that buy-in, also to players as well. Um, empowering players, he spoke about too. So giving the players the, the knowledge, drawing on your experiences to give them the power to make the right decisions at the right times. Maximizing available time. Which again, like anyone that's in any sort of part-time program, um, academy setup, they'll know that time is precious. It's, it's precious within the first team as well, isn't it? But probably more so when you've got less time. I know Louis Langdown spoke about it on his episode that you're literally looking at the time that you've got available. You've then got to sort of get rid of anything that you're not going to prioritize and really, really hone in on stuff that you are. And just finally, when Marcus spoke about having the confidence to challenge coaches as well, and that tied in with when he spoke about the relationships that he's built up with with the head coach, building that relationship, getting that level of trust with someone, but then having the confidence to challenge and not challenge in a way that you're being disrespectful, but in a way that you're both working towards a common goal. And that common goal is to improve the performance of the team and the players. And if, if something needs challenging or you need to put your point of view across, then it's building that confidence to be able to do that. So, Marcus, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I think there's some great stuff in there. I'm really keen to hear what the listeners think as well. So once you've listened to the episode, drop us a little message. You can drop us a, a private message or even just share it out on social media with some of your takeaways. I'd really appreciate if you did it. And I really appreciate everyone listening as well. Thank you for all your support over the last 160 episodes now. Crazy that we've done that many. Um, Thank you to everyone that's left an iTunes review. If you haven't done so already, please take two minutes to do that. It does help the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to bringing you guests over the next few podcast episodes. So keep listening, keep supporting. And thanks again. I'll speak to you again in episode 161.